0: In part one of his life, our guest spent all of his time living a traditional Southern lifestyle. And when the opportunity came up to live full-time in a fifth wheel, he jumped on it. After over a year on the road, he created a system for how you can find physical freedom while living the RV life. As he puts his training to the test, and explores what it means to be fit for adventure, he's teaching everyone that he meets how to do the same. Through his health, fitness, and lifestyle coaching program, he's helping people in the RV community live a high quality life and crush their adventures. In this episode, you'll learn what he believes are the fundamental principles of living a high quality life, what it was like growing up in Alabama, and what he believes his legacy is. Coming from Grand Junction, Colorado, please welcome to the show, Austin Galloway. I saw your name on Instagram for the first time. And, uh, and I was intrigued. I'm like, that is so specific. Mm. And it and it's exactly um, like something that I've been uh, thinking about lately is, I would love to get a trailer and start road tripping and start traveling the country. Um, and I'm curious, Austin, what is what is what was your inspiration to get in a get in a fifth wheel and, and get on the road?
1: Well, originally, back when I was a, a single fella, uh, <laughs> I was looking into buying a van and building that out. I was a, you know, I was a CrossFit coach for years, and I wanted the freedom to just travel around. So I knew that support and sustain a lifestyle that I wanted to live. Uh, but kind of circling back to that, I. I was looking at building out a van, uh, and then I met a girl. She too wanted to. She was a, a nurse, or is a nurse, and she had her her goals before getting in nursing school was to be a travel nurse. So she, uh, you know, we whenever we first started dating, we talked about those types of aspirations, and uh, when we We had been dating for about six months. That's when I popped the question. And almost it just really kind of fell into our lap. We, uh, my kind of, so stick with me here. My wife's aunt's best friend, she (laughs) had a truck and a fifth wheel that she was wanting to sell. Um, and we were like, oh, well, this is a great opportunity. We should at least entertain it because we've always wanted to travel. She, you know, Once we got married, that was the goal was her to start traveling her, sending me to move uh, my coaching to the online world. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, we're fortunate and blessed. The lady, she just wanted to sell her camper and truck at what she owed on it. So wow. we basically stole it from her. Uh, we, you know bought both of them at the price we probably could have just bought the truck for um so we were like this is an amazing opportunity we can't pass this up so we got in it we started living in the camper before we left uh where we were living at uh which is dothan alabama we lived in the camper for i'd say probably a month before she got her first opportunity to travel and we moved to Uh, Colorado, and we spent six months there last year, and that's what's kind of gotten it started. We're we're just over one month of, of doing this.
0: Nice man, that's such a like synchronous moment of like opportunity when and and I, yeah, when it presents itself, how can you say no? Like, how could you say no to that?
1: And yep.
0: the, and and I yeah, I've looked I've looked at fifth wheels, I looked at trailers. We just bought a truck. And, and the costs can add up, man. It's, it's not yes, cheap.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and we were even doing math on, uh, you know, what costs would be if we were to travel for X amount of time and it, and staying at campgrounds can be a ton, uh, trying to weigh the, weigh the options, you know? And uh, yeah, what, what a lucky opportunity, man. That's so cool. How'd you know? Um, I don't know. Back up. When she was applying for jobs, did she have any locations in mind or was she just finding what, whatever came up or going with whatever was presenting itself? Austin, you froze up again. He's playing this game with me. And uh, it's funny because before we got on, kept freezing. It's all good. That's what happens when you're in a campground. You uh, You lose... You lose a uh, signal or it fades. It goes in and out. There's a lot of people I imagine using it and he's back. I'm back. I'm going to keep the yeah.
1: video. I'm going to keep the video off so that we don't run into that issue.
0: Good. Me too. Maybe that'll help. We'll yeah. join forces.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, but you it know, happened. going back to it, uh, my wife was born, uh, about 45 miles away from where we uh, originally went for her first contract and her family kind of moved around and they had kind of dispersed, but her mom, Colorado. Yeah. In Colorado. um, Her mom and her brother had actually ended up back in the area uh, and they had been living there for a few years, Uh, not, not living together separately doing their own things, but had both just kind of ended up back there. Um, And her mom just called her one day and of all things, Looking through a damn newspaper, she saw uh, like a, I don't know if it would be like a help wanted or anything like that, but it was just like, it was for a for a clinic, mm-hmm. um, which isn't what my wife does at ER, so it's not the same thing, but uh, she was like, what well, would it hurt to just reach out? So she reached out, the clinic thing had been filled, but just because she had called, they were like, oh, well, you know, we actually will take a traveler, we don't need help in the ER, we do need help over here are you willing to do that um so I just come home one day after coaching from the gym she's like you want to hear some good news and so that's just how it happened she they offered her the job we uh nursing contracts are like 13 weeks long and we actually ended up doing six months which was uh twice that amount of time just because her mom and brother was there and uh you know and also, we wanted to get out of there before the bitter cold hit because, you uh, you know, you don't want to be stuck in a camper unless you have all the right things to uh, to survive a Colorado winter.
0: Yeah, especially if it's your first time and you're not. Oh, really yeah. Sure.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, we're, we we were definitely newbies. and uh, But regardless, we don't want to be there any longer either because the whole goal was to travel to adventure. Um, yeah. You know, so but, – but it just worked – it really just worked out perfectly for our – for our first just assignment and and traveling and just getting on the road together.
0: Yeah, man. I've, I've talked to a few traveling nurses before and I find it so cool. Um, like that it's a, it's a 13 week assignment usually. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and you have so much freedom to like, well, you can choose where you want to live and where you want to go. And, and I've even heard if you're, you know, even if you're not in a trailer, um, I know I had a friend that did it. And she would find like short-term rentals and they lived out of, they would travel with a U-Haul that they bought with all their stuff. <laughs> and, just still, and then they'd go into a, or they would rent a U-Haul um, and, uh, and just move every couple of weeks, but or every couple of months, but you, you start to realize like how little, you actually need like, and I Uh, imagine you, you went through that too, like realizing what you actually use on a day-to-day basis. And, and especially if you're moving that time or traveling so much, like what you being in one place, you tend to accumulate stuff. Yeah. Right. What, what's something I'm curious because I, you know, this is something I've been definitely thinking about, but what is something uh, that you realized that you brought with you originally and realized you didn't need or you, you thought was like overkill?
1: Uh you know, that's a great question. Um <laughs> I I was someone who prior to doing this life was practicing minimalism, uh not to some great degree. Like uh I can't remember. There was like that uh that whole thing is like 33 items or whatever. You know, I I, I wasn't a part of anything like that. But I was someone who really tried to focus on, do I need this? And Mm. even with clothes, even with clothes, or just things around the house, if I didn't use it within the past six months, I I would just get rid of it because I didn't want to be an accumulator of material stuff. Um, So, you know, nothing really comes to mind because I was already, I Mm. guess, prepared for this. It didn't really, it really wasn't like a shock of I have so much shit that I have to get rid of. I was already in a place where, you know, I mean, we had to sell stuff. Like I had to sell, you know, the couch and entertainment centers. Like there were things we had to get rid of just because obviously you can't bring them. But since we've been living in the camper, there's really nothing that I've had to, uh, you know, just really depart with that I thought I needed to have. Mm.
0: That's yeah. That's that's great, and I'm sure a lot of people um, aren't in that that place yet, mm-hmm. where they're they're like, um, you know, they they want to spend time in a camper, and they're 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 bringing all these different things, and they're wondering yeah. what they actually need, and they go through that process. Was well, it, actually, let, let me let me side?
1: backtrack on that. Uh, sorry to cut you off because actually, yeah, something man. does come to mind, Matt. Uh, <laughs> we were we were in between places, and. Uh, earlier in the spring, we were, uh, on the Gulf coast of, uh, Florida, uh, in Mexico beach, which is near Panama city beach, Florida. And that's only a couple hours away from where my family is and and where I met my wife where she went to nursing school. And so we were in between trying to find somewhere to go and we were just kind of crashing at my mom's house. And I was just sitting here thinking like with my, cause I've just kind of like started really embedding myself into the RV travel fitness niche. Um, Mm. And so I was telling my wife and she absolutely hated it. So what we did is we actually carried a 35 pound barbell for her, a 45 pound barbell (laughs) for me, uh, four 45 pound bumpers, 25 pound bumpers, 15s, 10s, you know, all that stuff. And so uh, two or three months ago when we were back home uh, in Dothan, I had it it was almost like pulling teeth, but I had to convince her to depart with those things because I told her that I wanted to, you know, I I love those things, too. But I just wanted to empathize more with the people who are are, are, who who I provide value to and who are going to be seeking my services, because I want to be able to show that you can get fit. You can have a an aesthetically appealing body. You can train yourself to live a high quality life off of minimal equipment. Um, so that was one of the things that we definitely departed with. That was tough, but, uh,
0: Definitely lined up though, lined up with your values and lined up with your business model. Right. And I definitely want to talk about that. And, and I imagine, uh, this will be a good introduction for, uh, you know, your prospective clients, even just getting to talk about this and seeing your your progression. And I've definitely been in that place of like overcomplicating fitness um, with all the equipment and everything that you need. You know, I owned a CrossFit gym for a number of years and and coached for so long and, um, and thought I needed all that stuff. And now my typical workout equipment is in the trunk of my two-door car which is a mace and a kettlebell and it's so simple yeah you know and i feel and look better i think i look better my wife thinks so too better than ever you know
1: that's what really matters the most
0: right yeah and the feel better part too like um and and something that i recognize and i haven't been on the road in a trailer yet but i've done long road trips and like you just get so out of it, out of the routine Mm -hmm. when you, when you're traveling or driving a lot and you don't have access to the gym. So I imagine like having that, like coming up with your system and having all those simple tools available makes it so easy for people to, to stay fit and feel good and keep their routine and everything. Mm -hmm. That's something you notice like is with, with your clients, like they struggle with is, um, they lose that, uh, that routine or they lose the, the results that they would usually get if they're home?
1: Uh, You know, I, I think it's kind of like where, almost like where my wife was yeah. and kind of similar to where you were. It's just having to depart with that because you do think that you need all of mm. these tools to, uh, to, to, to live your highest quality life to, to have a fit body. You know, I came from the CrossFit space as well. And, I thought that if I didn't have all the, you know, you, you think of, you know, the the definition of CrossFit and you're like, well, if I don't have all these things then I'm just not fit, you know? And so it, it took kind of that programming mm. uh, out of my mind to realize that that's not what you need. And so that's just something that I'm working on emphasizing to, uh, you know, my audience and, and the value that I provide to my clients that all of these tools, you know, everything is just a tool
0: mm-hmm. and,
1: it depends on the job that you want to do and the tools that you need to accomplish that job. And, you know, a, a set of adjustable dumbbells, a few different weights, so some kettlebells, some bands. Well, you have the toolkit for 99% of the job that you need to do to accomplish.
0: So there's a, I, I imagine there's a barrier that you have to help people overcome of like letting go of those beliefs because when, you know, I've seen people even, even in the gym, even in the CrossFit gym, like they, they get so into it and they love the, the opportunity to throw barbells around and, mm-hmm. you know, get on a, get on a rower or use the pull-up bar or any of these things. And That are not in a typical gym and like it's you know it does take some uh getting used to but you you fall in love with that those process and the pieces of equipment and you you develop this like belief that you need that right you need Mm -hmm. the barbell you need to keep adding weight and then i've seen people like get hurt or uh, get sick even and suddenly they can't work out anymore because touching a barbell is too much right Mm -hmm. And they've lost everything where instead they can simply pick up a kettlebell or dial it back, or maybe they, they COVID happens. Right. <laughs> when that, when the whole, then that whole debacle and, and suddenly like people only had those little tools available. I saw so many people just give up and, uh, and stop working out because they couldn't what do pull-ups and, and, and snatches with a barbell yeah. yet. Other people were doing just fine with the single single dumbbell and getting just as fit, if not more so, Mm. because they're dialing back the the intensity and the volume and actually exactly actually recovering, right?
1: Well, is that is really that want versus need. Like we want all of these extra things to do. We want to, you know, be able to show off all these skills that we have, but you just really don't need all of that to 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 be your highest quality self it really does come down to like i mentioned uh you know a few minutes ago was just these simple tools and if you know how to apply them to the specific uh you know movement patterns that we do as humans then you know you're gold and then like you said it almost forces you to Rest more and recover more because you don't have all these things that you can go do now. You just because you're so limited on what you can do, you're actually like, Oh, well, I can just go take a day off now because mm-hmm. I don't want to do some of the things maybe that I've been doing. And it's actually better for you so mm-hmm. that you can go through that, you know, whole super compensation process. Um, because we know we need rest, uh, but especially coming from the CrossFit realm. (laughs) It is hard to get that across to people. Um,
0: Yeah. And it's hard because like uh, I I noticed, I noticed still like people in the CrossFit space, there's, it attracts a certain type of person, generally like a competitive player, the people who, who like to compete, whether it's with others or even themselves. And that's definitely useful. It's a, it's a motivational tool Um, and, but, but when you're removed from that, like when you're put, when you, when you're in a trailer, like clearly you have other values and goals. So it forces you to question why you even work out in the first place. Like, Mm -hmm. were you, were you at the gym six days a week? So you could, um, you know, feel better and look better naked, or were you there just to show off and win? Mm -hmm. And when you're forced or faced with the you know, now minimalist uh, approach, a minimalist approach. I I imagine that appeals way more to people who are simply looking to accomplish a goal of feeling better or looking better. Um, People who have the ability to self-regulate, you know, Mm -hmm. and take days off because they can think long-term versus now is that something you notice in, in your clients or is it something you've, you've seen people like transform or cha- how they've changed in going from that like different mindset, the competitive aspect to the actual goal-oriented aspect?
1: Well, you know, luckily the people who I work with now aren't coming from that realm. Right. It's, it's, it's the, you know, I want to improve my quality of life because we have this opportunity to travel and I don't want to squander it because I'm physically limited. Mm. And so it's easier to get that point across because now I can encourage two to three days a week, maybe four days a week of some sort of resistance training and say for the rest of the time, you need to be focusing on walking, OK, so you can walk around the campground and meet new people. You, if, if your campground has activities like volleyball or pickleball or things like that. Now, you let let that go. Go play. Go, go play more, because what, what I want you to do is create a higher quality of life. And something I like to say is I want you to find physical freedom. Like I want you and freedom to me means that you have Mm -hmm. more options, that you have more choices. And I don't want you to be limited in the choices that you have to make because of your ability physically. And Mm -hmm. so what my goal is and what a lot of my clients goals are is to support the lifestyle that they want to have so that they are not limited. So they can go play. So they can go for a 10 mile hike, not worry about their knees aching because they're uh just one not strong enough or maybe uh you know they're unable to climb up and down uh you know high steps or just difficult making it easier to do difficult things.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And I imagine, uh, you know, we, we're definitely appealing to a lot of the same people like, and, and with you, with your audience, especially like with people in, in that niche, the travelers, we can just call them, mm-hmm. their problem is right in front of them, just about every day, because that's what they're doing. They're traveling. And they're going to places where adventure is present, right? The opportunity to express that physical freedom is in front of them and they are either limited by their, their physical abilities or they're capable and it's in front of them constantly. So they're always faced with this decision to make of, you know, well, do I keep living like this, uh, you know, not able to go hike up that hill or, you know, play volleyball in the campground with everybody else, or do I do something about it? That's a really cool like opportunity.
1: And I even posted on my story earlier today about how, you know, a lot of our, even though the RV community is getting younger, Mm -hmm. most RVers are older. They are retired. Retired. And, When you watch these people get around, it just looks like it hurts, and it doesn't look comfortable. Whether it be you know just walking, or if they want to go go play pickleball, or or you know whenever I'm out walking, either myself or walking uh, the dog, you know you often see the people just kind of sitting in the same spot, and Mm. you know you can kind of see them like just admiring the views and just kind of enjoying the breeze, but. to me it's like
0: don't you want to be in there yeah like, don't go. you want to
1: be in that view like go like go go s- Go, yeah like go touch it like yeah. you're just you're you're looking at it saying how beautiful it is i want to go immerse myself in it and be a part of it and be one with it
0: mm. yeah and and i imagine like so many people like look forward to this especially if you're doing it when you're retired like you're looking forward to it for so long Mm -hmm. and and then you're cursed because well you worked for 30 40 years and now your body is all messed up and yeah and you can't go and do things and a lot of people like rving are visiting places like national parks and state parks and different parts of the country that have so much beauty and plenty of things to look at from the Um, from the visitor center, but wouldn't you rather like get on the trail and and experience it and, you know, uh, see what, you know, what's behind the the veil, right. What's behind all the, the, the touristy stuff, or, you know, there's some people that just enjoy, you know, sitting in the car all day. That's cool too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I'm curious um, when, you know, was, was the itch to travel always inside of you or did that come about later in life? Were you, did you grow up like traveling or wanting to, uh, explore in this way?
1: Um, you know, I I really didn't grow up traveling. Uh, we, my family, we rarely took vacations unless it was to the beach and the beach was 60 to 90 minutes away. Yeah. Um, I went, so, uh, went, I graduated from high school. I went to college. It was only an hour away. After, whenever I left college, I moved an hour away from there. And it really just kind of created this triangle. Mm-hmm. And so I really just kind of stayed in this, cor- this small little southeast corner of Alabama for 30 years. Um, and I, I guess you could say, you know, I've always wanted to experience things and just go and do things. But
0: You must've had a curiosity. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It it was just really kind of curiosity, but you know, it it wasn't like a, Oh, I can go do that type of deal. And Mm. you know, the, with the onset of social media and Instagram, and you just see these people living that life. And I'm like, I want to go do that shit. I don't want to live and die in the exact same corner of the world that I was born in. There's so much more of just this, Beautiful God's creation, and I want to go be in it. Uh, You know, I grew up in a small country town. I I enjoyed, you know, being outdoors and just kind of roaming through the woods. But, you know, like I said, once kind of social media came out, and you saw that people can work online and you can live these lifestyles, it just kind of started reprogramming my brain. It's like, you know what? I want to do this, and I'm in a field to where I can have a lifestyle that not only is supportive, but I can still grow and, and, and uh, invest and do all these things. Like I'm not going to be limited. And uh, yeah, so it's probably really been more the past five years, I'd say that I've wanted to start having more adventures in my life.
0: Nice man. And that's something you went headfirst into. Yeah. right just getting in a in a trailer and and going had you been you had, so you hadn't even been out west before that or or did no, you know uh,
1: the farthest west i had ever been and this was so the farthest west i'd ever been prior to 2020 was louisiana mm-hmm. uh, the farthest north i'd ever Not been much was, farther <laughs> exactly the From farthest outbound. north i'd ever been uh was indiana uh the farthest east i'd been was the the east coast of uh, south carolina oh man and you know it was just like fuck it let's do it you right. know i i i wasn't going to have a limiting belief that where i was born and raised was where i had to stay
0: dude i see that so often the 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 like this people get stuck in their, well, one in, in like pride of where they're from mm-hmm. and they feel obligated in a way. I see that so much. Like people feel obligated to live in New York where I, where I was born and raised. And honestly, I can, I can remember even when I was like three or four years old wanting to get out and wanting to leave, but, but also I had opportunity to, I had, I had seen other parts of the state i had experienced like what else was outside the city um and a lot of kids I grew up with really didn't they they went on vacations but it was always like another city and then it was back home so they really didn't get to experience different ways of living if that makes sense yeah um and and i i see it so much now and i live in new york city and um and the people i i talk to here or meet when i go out to you know different places. Like we go to this park nearby um, pretty often and hang out. And um, and a lot of the people there, uh, you can tell. And I even talked to them. They they were born there. They they live there. Their kids are there. They're gonna die there. Mm-hmm. And uh, once in a while they'll go to Disney World. And that's about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> some sort of entertainment vacation.
0: Right. It's like uh, it's it's a it's, it's entertainment or amusement. Like it's an amusement park. I actually got invited to an amusement park. Um, and, uh, and I'm, I I was like, no, (laughs) it's like, it's a three hour drive. It was a three hour drive for me and I get it like, yeah, it's fun with the kids. And like one, my kid is not old enough to go on any rides. So it would just be me standing in the heat, wanting to go outside the park and hike, you know? Uh, Yeah it always fascinated me as how people can get, can, can get so stuck and, uh, and have such limiting beliefs, but then that's a cultural thing too. I'm sure, Mm -hmm. you know, it's what you grew up with. Did, was your, did, did you grow up with like that around you? Those, those beliefs of like, you have to live here. You have to stay in the area. You got to come, you know, work around here. Or did you have the freedom to think for yourself?
1: Well, I've had the freedom to think for myself, but I can't say the same for uh, my family. Mm. Um, All of my family is pretty much within, well, all of my immediate family, let's say, is, you know, from like immediate grandparents, immediate brother, sister, mom, dad, all that kind of stuff. Or yeah. within you know 35, 45 minutes from where they were born and raised. My dad, okay, the house that he grew up in, that's the house that he's living in right now. Wow. And Good for him. you know, yeah. And so one, it's it's admirable, but <laughs> two, it's just not what I want for my life. And you know, when we were talking about uh, uh, earlier whenever I was, uh, we were staying uh, just kind of in between where are we are going to go next type deal? Uh, you know, I could see the, the upsetness uh, I know that's not a word, but see, seeing that, all <laughs> um, on, on her face whenever, you know, I would talk about, it, it's like, you know, we don't, I don't think we're going to settle here. Like where, where I'm from, it, it is a great place to raise kids, yeah. go to school. Um, Uh, You have family nearby, you know, grandparents, well, I don't have kids, but grandparents do come at a premium, you know, whenever, whenever you do have kids. But, and me and my wife even said it, we, ever since we've been traveling, we've been home maybe two or three times. And every time we go back, it's like, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like that's where we want to be. Mm. And you know we and that was kind of like one of our biggest things whenever we started traveling is let's just go see what's out there and see where we want to settle down and raise a family and plant our own roots create our own legacy and uh you know just something new that we can give to our uh, to, to our family whenever it, can, it starts to grow
0: yeah man i think i think in our parents generation it was, it was definitely different, especially like you said, your dad grew up, is in the same house he grew up in, like, he probably worked his ass off for that, you know? Oh, he, yeah, he did. And exactly. like, you, you spend 30 years paying, off, paying something off, you're going to want to keep it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you're in that mindset of, of work, 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 and everything you do and all of your work and all of your money and resources go into that thing. That you're working for like fixing up a house paying off a mortgage so so much energy goes into that and it's hard to how do you give that up right mm-hmm. but that was just the culture back then and now like like you said we have instagram we can see other things and it creates some curiosity and also mm-hmm. there's more ways to make money now there it's easier to um it's easier to finance things it's yeah it's easier to sell things right you can you can get up and move and go to different places. I can buy a house in, um, you know, on the other side of the country, if I wanted to while living here. And it's, it's, it's just a lot more accessible. Mm -hmm. And I think because of that, there's, there's a misunderstanding between our generation and our parents' generation.
1: Oh, big time.
0: Um, Oh man. it creates a lot of conflict sometimes, man. Oh, and that's exactly what I'm
1: thinking about (laughs) is, is, I I love my dad. He's, he's yeah. my hero. Here's my hero. He was the best man in my wedding, nice. and once I, I once I brought up the idea of wanting to live in a band, that was borderline him losing the shit. He was like, "I just don't think that's any way to live," and blah blah blah, and all this like, and I was like, "Dad, I get that, and like, this is the life that you want to live." And you're not the one who's going to live in the van. It's me. This is the life that I want to live. And I can, I can make a living for myself. I can save money and and do all the things that you think is what a quality life is. I can do it this way too. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's a, it's just a it's, a, it's the same way of doing something, but just a little different.
0: Yeah. It's, there, there's there's more opportunity or different opportunities you know yeah and 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 this was hard too like i can definitely relate to that you know um I mean my dad always had his hands in different businesses and he kind of he understood how you could work for yourself and but but it was always involving hands-on labor you know mm-hmm. and, and work and and i've done a lot of that kind of work i was, i did construction and plumbing for a bit and Electrical work. Uh, I've done a lot of different things, um, and also I can do a coaching call, right? And you know what's mm. cool about a coaching call, man? I can make two hundred bucks an hour if I wanted to, <laughs> whereas I need to. I need to work, man. When I was when I started, even when I owned a CrossFit gym, I was only taking thirty dollars an hour from coaching CrossFit classes. Like there's a there's a huge gap, mm. and and we take out a lot of things, a lot of like uh, what our parents think was necessary, which is like physical labor. And Oh man, my, my mother, when I told her we wanted to move, especially after my wife and I had a kid, it was a, it was a battle, right? How could you, how could you do that? Why would you want to move there? We're, we're planning to move out to to Texas for about a year so I can build a, a business and um. And oh man, it's just, there's a, such a, it's a lack of understanding and it's almost like a language barrier.
1: Yeah. Oh, right? yeah that's a good, that's a good way to put it. it really <laughs> that's is. It's the way
0: I can think about it. Right. Language being like, you know, what we know to be possible mm-hmm. and, uh, and what we, what we can see and then what our Parents know, or what other people, you know. Well,
1: I think our parents, they, they, it's the you buy the house, you get the mortgage, and yeah. you stay there, and you raise your family till you die, you know. Versus like right. I can go do this for a year, like you're doing, and then I can go do this for a few years, and there's so many different things that you can do, and maybe, maybe it's the the lack of uh uh stability, you know. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Like they just like to know that there's that comfort there, um, you know. And I'm just speculating, but like you said, the the language and the perspective they have is is definitely different than what we have. Even though we want the same things, we're just going about it a different way.
0: Yeah, I think comfort is definitely one of the things. It's the the security, right? The
1: yeah, security. Um,
0: yeah knowing that something is working. Um, you know, I've had, I've had jobs where I have a salary and that's great. I make exactly the same amount of money every single month. And, uh, maybe once a year I'll get a raise or something like that. And, you know, even when I had that, it it wasn't doing it for me. And there was a year, man, where I worked, um, I I had a full-time salaried job and I was starting, uh, the, to work, I was starting the CrossFit gym and, uh, and I made a ton of money that year mm-hmm. at the, at the expense of my, uh, physical health. Cause I wasn't really sleeping much, um, my mental health, because it was just draining so much for me. And, uh, and at the end of the year, man, you know, even though I, I took home on paper over six figures, I, I had nothing to show for it. Um, other than a, a, an engagement ring, I did I did buy that, but um, and and some like crypto investments that went south. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there, there was really there was nothing to show for it. I didn't have anything tangible that I could that I could even see as valuable, other than like you know those those couple of things. But but now it's it's like. You know, I've done. I've had months where I'm running my own business and I make. I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to pay my rent, and then I've you know had months where I'm raking in five figures Mm -hmm. and bringing in you know enough revenue to cover the next three months, and it just works that way. And and what I think, um, a lot of people that are in the mindset of like safety, security, and work life like that, they they don't see the potential and the fact that as we go, and I'm sure you do this too, you're investing in yourself and you're constantly learning and developing and fit and refining. So if you keep doing that, it's, it's actually going to get way more comfortable for you. And you'll start to see a lot more potential like out of it. You know, you do this for six, seven, eight years. And things will be so simplified for you it'll be easy to make money or find opportunity and things like that and that definitely wasn't there back in the day you had to have uh you had to know somebody right mm-hmm. know a guy who knew a guy who can get you in and help and help you build up in that way yeah what are, what are what are some uh speaking of investing in yourself educational things like what are what are some things you're doing now like in terms of learning or developing your craft? Is there anything you're working on?
1: Uh, so I'm finishing up my year with the strong coach. Uh, nice. So I was freedom I was, uh, in the freedom three group. Um, and, you know, I had a lot of trouble just personally because And I worked with another business mentor prior to the strong coach, but I just could not nail down the niche and who I serve and who Mm -hmm. I can provide value to. Even I started the strong coach while living in the camper. And I literally had this niche right in front of me that I just was so blind to that. It it blows my mind now to even think about it. But I was just talking with my (laughs) wife and I was like, I was like, who do I serve? It was the value. And, You know, this kind of camp is like, we live in a camper. Like there's an entire community of people who do this full time for life. They don't have regular access to a gym. They, uh, you know, they're probably subscribed to some bullshit app or, you know, something that it may get them a little bit of results, but it's not the best thing for them. And I was like, this is, this is what I can start talking to. These are, Mm -hmm. this is the life I live. This is who I empathize with. So this is who I'm going to go after. So now all the tools that I learned from the strong coach that I was struggling to implement Mm. are now far easier because I am clear on who it is that I serve and and the audience that I provide value to.
0: And it's so funny because I I know they start that program with identifying the need. Mm Exactly, and, I, and you know why? And and like, dude, I was in. I've been in business development for a long time, like different coaching programs, and that was always a question: like who Who's your audience? Who's the ideal client? And uh, and it's so difficult for some reason to decide, right? Because you have to make a decision, mm-hmm. and and oftentimes it means you're excluding some people, mm-hmm. right? Like you're taking people out. Were you, were you resistant to it or did you, were you actually like unaware, just like unaware that that was even there?
1: Well, you know, and it's what they, you know, and a lot of people say it, but it's definitely setting a strong coach. But, you know, if you're trying to talk to everyone, you're talking to no one.
0: Yeah. You're talking and to, was, your, to yourself.
1: And, it, <laughs> and, and, and yes, you sit there and you're like, I can help every single person, but yes, you can. But that's not the point. If you want to, have an audience, if you want to grow a business, then you need to provide a specific solution to a specific problem that you either currently are dealing with or have dealt with in the past five to 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know,
0: then you have a, a solution for, yeah,
1: exactly. And, you know, the biggest thing that I have had one mainly in my life, and it is just a story that I've told myself, so I am working on rewriting that story, but just having self-limited belief, you obviously have the imposter syndrome, but one of the biggest things that has stopped me is information overload Mm. leading to inaction. And it's like, oh, if I just read this next book, if I just go listen to that next podcast, that's going to be the golden ticket to my success when it's not. And I've kind of been diving deeper into some Hormozy and, you know, it's, you know, it's starting to click more that, you know what, take what I know and go put it into action versus trying to just get more information and more information because that's causing less clarity. It's making me more frustrated the more that I try to learn. And so now I've just said, screw it. I'm not going to be, you know, taking on more. I'm not, I I still love to read. I'm going to read, you know, YouTube is my main entertainment source. So I'm going to watch that, but I'm not seeking it out as if there's some golden egg. Some gonna answer, yeah. Yeah. That's going to change. It's like, what do I currently know? What have I been taught? And go put that shit to use, and then let's see what happens. Because you know, you enter a course like the strong coach, and obviously they know some things. So do what they've taught you to do. And again, it's very hard to to do what you've been taught when you're not clear on who you're even talking to or what you're going to apply. So now that I have that clarity, it's been far easier to put the information and the knowledge that I have into action.
0: Yeah. And I bet the results too have been, you know, very apparent to, or at least how you're going to get them. If not right away, like 100% when when you start. And as someone told me recently, like you already know so much, why are you trying to learn more? And I I'm like a hoarder of a hoarder of information. I've been called (laughs) Um, always reading, always like have an audio book or I'm bouncing between like five different audiobooks. books. And, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, my, I, I have like YouTube videos that I watch all the time and I'm, and I'm uh, same thing, man. It was like, I'm trying to find like that one nugget of information that's going to change everything when it's not that it doesn't work that way. Right. Yeah. There's, there's plenty of information out there. Well, and I and Very I screen action.
1: <laughs> I screenshot this uh, Hormozy quote the other day that he put on his gram, and yeah. it's beginners overvalue thinking and undervalue doing. Advanced yeah. do the opposite, and so you know that's the one that's like the thing that you know really registered is like just stop thinking and just go do it. And mm-hmm. I've always had a A big fear of failure, which I've come to learn that, you know, and and you being a business person, if you follow any high level business person's failure is just a part of the process because, you know, you're ingrained that if you do bad on a test, well, you're, you know, in school, then you're, you're not worthy or you're not smart enough. And so anytime you fail in that program that we have, well, it doesn't exactly encourage you to. Try again, um, but yeah, we're edu- like, we're
0: educated to not fail, you know exactly.
1: Of- and so, you know, I would get in trouble if I have below a C on a report card or a test. Mm. And it's like, you know, it, it 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 just didn't encourage the opportunity to go out there and just do better. It was just kind of be mediocre and get by. And now I realize that if I want to grow my business and expand it the way that I want to. I want to be the husband that I want to be. If I want to be just the man and the future father that I want to be, that failure is just a part of the process. And I think it was, uh, I I can't remember if it was Warren Buffett or not, but, uh, uh, shit. Now I'm going, uh, blank. Um, (laughs) we'll come back to that,
0: (laughs) but, uh,
1: you know, where were we, what were we talking about?
0: There? <laughs> Dude. I, well, I, it's all good. Um, yeah. I had a, I had something in my head all, and you had said something of like, we're, uh, you know, we're t- almost, we're taught to be mediocre and, mm-hmm. and uh, I've been, you know, ever since I had a, a child and he's eight months now, eight and a half months old, not ready for school yet. And, I've been battling internally of whether or not I even want him to go to a school.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and my wife and I've had this discussion, of course, and we were really settling on, no, like school is not even an option because, yeah. and I grew up in, uh, you know, I went to a a Catholic school in New York and then in the public school system for high school. And, um, and what I've learned over the, the last 20 years or so is that school is intended to make you stupider. Yes. <laughs> and I use that word on purpose because <laughs> it sounds stupid, right? Exactly. It's intended to slow you down, right? It's retarded, meaning slowed down the education system in itself. It prevents you from being able to lead, mm-hmm. take action, be anything great other than mediocre because... It- what if you have too many people that are great, right? It would be really hard you to manage that. You
1: become a, you become a threat, and you know, in the, the uh, education system it really just teaches you to, to be a cog, yeah. in the wheel, of, of you know, industrialization and all that. But my wife and I, we, we're, we've already both decided that homeschooling is one hundred percent what we, what we will uh, be doing because. I think there there's just more opportunities and uh, the argument
0: for that is always like, well, how are they going to socialize? They need that.
1: Like, yeah, it's like, I I don't remember a single
0: time. Exactly. I don't remember a single time from like uh, kindergarten to like high school where socialization was a priority Mm -hmm. other than sports. Yeah.
1: And there's also like there's also afternoon groups that you can uh, go be in. And and, you know, one of the things that I admire and I see a lot of people within this uh, RV community that post on Instagram, they have families and they get a lot of hate from people who, you know, just kind of bash on them, like saying that's not a great way to raise kids. What about all this? And they'll show like my kids love this and they're thriving. Like you have a poor perception of what of what schooling and education can be.
0: It's also how you define success. Yeah, exactly. Right. And like we talked about before, like the, the, there's uh, the culture of it. Like our parents grew up with that, that, you know, work culture. um, It defines success differently. Like you, you work for X number of years, you make money and you get this uh, outcome. Uh, whether that's uh, a pension or something like that, or you get to retire, that's a that's p- their definition of made it. You made it. You did it mm. right. But people living, you know, you got people living in RV camps, and their their families are getting to do different things. Like I think they're jealous. <laughs> yeah. Or or there's, I, and I learned this word um, the other day. I had someone else on my podcast who taught me a new word and I loved it. And the word was nescience. And that word means to not know. It's mm. it's similar to ignorance, but ignorance assumes that you know something else exists or is possible and you ignore it. But nescience is, well, you can't ignore it because you don't really know that something else is even possible. And wow, so yeah, I like that yeah i loved it and so like our parents and people that are that uh, you know bastardize um others for a living or wanting to do things a little bit differently there's a there's that there's nescience to it and where they are nescient to the fact that you know people can live this way and be happy and be successful and, and more than likely 10 times more successful in, in life financially and, and mm-hmm. personally. Right. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's definitely like you had said earlier Um, there's a growing community of people who understand this and I can see in the, in the future as it's, as it continues to grow and, the ability to make money online and uh, choose your own life is is, is going to create a lot of different cultural shifts mm. in our country. Man, it's wild. So when when you finally decided on that niche of uh, well, fifth wheel fitness is the name of your uh, of your program, your business, I imagine. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, that appeals to any RVers, right. Van life people. Mm -hmm. Uh, it it could even be backpackers, right. It could be anyone that, that associates with that. Um, what changed for you, man?
1: Uh, in, in, in what context? Like,
0: like you, you found clarity. So what, mm -hmm. what's happened since then? Well,
1: it's just made made it easier to one find a community to immerse myself in to do the market research to see what problems these people have and need solved uh, and it's just made getting to work easier because when you don't have that clarity it's just it's really difficult to get anything done uh you know and i think i, I was listening to your podcast with a ben walker and it was like you know uh uh if you don't know which way or if you don't know where you're going then any wind is favorable uh, yeah. and so finding the direction i want to go and now i know which way to and i'm i am not a sail a uh a, a, a sail a sales boat person <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know the technical term for that um a but sailor. now, <laughs> yeah, <sailor>, yeah. Well, wow. <laughs> anyways a sailor um <laughs> Wow, that was fun. Uh, That's anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Uh, ben, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna live that one down personally. Um, but, great, man. It, great, I man. Uh, but I agree. but now I know which way to you know tilt my cells or which cells to use because now I know the direction that I'm wanting to head and it's to help the people, that are in my rv community to Mm -hmm. live a higher quality life to find physical freedom and to be able to crush their adventures to 80 90 and 100 years old and just not have those limitations and and and, and on that point, you know, and I even had a guy this morning, I was out there working out. He was like, oh, y'all are making me feel bad, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, well, come join, join. me. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> uh, and, you know, you just get that a lot. It's like, you know, oh, back in my day, I could uh, I, I could do that, but I can't anymore. And it's like, well, you, you stopped. Why did you stop? And my goal is to be and it's honestly similar to Ben is that when I'm 80 and 90 years old, my kids and my grandkids, they're gonna have to keep up with me. Yeah. Grand, dad and grandpa are not gonna be the limiting factor on hiking and going on excursions. It's it's I'm the one who's gonna be leading that pack. And and that's the that's the legacy that I want to to set, that's the example I want to set and the legacy that I want to leave for my family, because, you know, it, it's not there currently from the lineage that I've come from, mm-hmm. but that is what I want to leave.
0: My, uh I love that so much, man. My, my wife and I have this joke we've been making um, and we hear from like, especially like our family and friends who are around our age and have kids they complain they um they don't have time for themselves or they Mm -hmm. don't they don't have the energy to to do all these things and uh and we joke and we're like our kid is not going to have the energy to keep up with us exactly (laughs) and and you know um you ever hear the the terrible twos mm-hmm. are I'm going to get my son a shirt that says terrific twos, man. He's going to nice, you to love it. And, uh, and we're going to redefine <laughs> what it, what it means to raise a toddler. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, it's going to be great. I want him to, I want him to like get home at the end of a long day of like hiking and adventuring and say, can we stop now? <laughs> <laughs> no. no, you got to keep going. We got to keep going. And, uh, well, yeah, The rest is okay. Yes. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there, and, there's a difference.
0: And no, right? What are we doing tomorrow? I I don't know. Probably rock climbing or surfing. Where do you, What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if we're not going to sit and read, well, one we can when it's yeah, raining. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I love that. I love the value that that instills, though, and in that you described of being able to um, set that precedent for your family and and your lineage, your future. That's a that's a really um, honorable thing, I, I think, because mm-hmm. you know we we've, we've been talking about you know what opportunities we have to really uh, do things differently in terms of how we make money and, and our how we live our lifestyle, and uh, and it it takes out a lot of um, the hard work ethic factor that you do want to demonstrate. Mm -hmm. And I think we can demonstrate it in how we approach our lifestyle. Like we don't settle for good enough when it comes to our health and our fitness. We don't settle for good enough when it comes to our knowledge and education or the abundance, you know, it's a, it's a a great way to, to, to usher the next generation. And I wonder what they're going to do. Yeah. Curious, man. It's going to be so different. Uh, so hey thanks for listening to uh to that episode with ben what did you like about it i'm curious i like to get some feedback
1: uh you, just ben always has some very interesting things to say and yes he uh, does. <laughs> you know he, he i just really admire his adventurous spirit and he he does a lot of the things that uh
0: Oh, no, I lost you again. Internet. <clears throat> Austin, what's happening? What is this? I bet he's going to come back and say, am I back yet? Did you, did you hear that? Yeah. <sighs> so for those listening, Austin is frozen. Audio gone I don't know what happened and uh I'm I'm, I'm excited I'm excited for for what Austin is going to be sharing
1: all right can you hear Here me? He is.
0: yeah man and you know it's funny uh I try to fill space while, while there's silence I <laughs> just talk <laughs> and I'm just like talking to myself but it's cool I'm talking to the audience they're listening yeah. people are, t- are uh, listening to this <laughs>
1: Uh, I hope I can provide some of them uh, right. some value and definitely at least one good laugh. I know that for a
0: fact. We got a couple of laughs here. I love it. Keep going, man.
1: Uh, oh, but anyways, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't have the aspirations to do the types of things that Ben wants to do, you know, with like the whole climbing the El Capitan and being the oldest and all that, but just, mm-hmm. you know, just, just the, you know, just living the adventurous lifestyle just, just living the lifestyle that you want, uh, and, you know, going to Alaska and just seeing all these beautiful views and, you know, that that's just something that, uh, to just really register uh, along those lines.
0: Man, that, that adventurous lifestyle is definitely appealing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know,
1: and, you know, that's, that's just who we are as humans. Uh, you know, it, it took, people to go adventure to figure out what was over that hill Mm -hmm. to get us to where we are now. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I think it's
0: born. It's, it's in us, right? Yeah. It's a, it's,
1: there is this natural desire that is, you know, you you could say it's suppressed due to how we're taught from, you know, either our parents or the education system. Uh, But I think it's, I think it's there. And, you're, you're, you're missing out if you are not answering that call to adventure.
0: I'm uh, definitely glad that you answered the call. You answered that call to adventure and you're continuing to. I, uh, I do want to uh, ask two more questions, man, to wrap this up. Yeah. Um, one, and you alluded, you alluded to this before. was around your fear of failure. Um, What has that taught you and what have you learned from it? Um, Or a better question to like use that, right? Was there, has there been a time on this journey you've been on, this adventure, this this life of travel, um, where that was so present, that fear, where you felt afraid? And what did you learn from that?
1: Well, things can always go wrong living in an RV. And, you know, it's not a house just sitting on a foundation. You're literally on wheels. Uh, And it's just being okay with things going wrong and just accepting that this moment is it can it can be a lesson or it could be some way that god is just altering your path to where you are you know to where maybe you're going to find something and see something that you didn't once know or or you know if if you're if you're stuck it's like okay you just need to take a moment to breathe because historically growing up you know i was i was someone who could get easily irritated and aggravated. I still deal with it whenever something goes wrong. Mm. And so just learning to just breathe and know that it'll be okay. Um, and making sure that, that I am learning something and knowing that, and I, and I think I said earlier that failure is just a part of the process. Yeah, it's It's just something that you have to get used to. Uh, And that's something that I've certainly been learning is that it's okay, that it's not, it's not the end of the world. It is something that is going to show me or reveal something that maybe not right now that I can see it, but tomorrow, a week, three months, next year, it will a light bulb will go off. And then that moment was something that taught me, taught me something that is invaluable Mm
0: -hmm. now. Yeah. I like how you said, you know, fear is part of the process. And uh, that, that seems to be like really relevant lately in my life. Um, In fact, like, I've been taking the approach of looking for the things I'm afraid of and Mm -hmm. figuring out how I can lean into that more, um, because, uh, it's a signal. It's telling us, telling us something about, uh, what we need to do or what's missing even what's missing in life. And, and yeah, with living the RV life, you got to accept that things are going to go wrong, right? Mm -hmm. but you can't be really afraid. Failures are inevitable.
1: Right.
0: Um, And if you expect it, I mean, not if you expect to be a failure, but if you expect mishaps or obstacles or failures to occur, Mm -hmm. you can plan for it. You can implement strategies. You can do better. Right. That's, that's why we work out. Right. It's planning for the inevitable, right. The failures that could come up so we can Mm -hmm. be ready. And and I,
1: I made a, I'm sorry, but I, I made a post the other day talking about this, how yeah. you know, resist, resistance equals resilience. Yes. You, what, whatever resistance is being provided to you, lean into it because you're become, going to become a stronger, more resilient person, able to deal with that same situation mm-hmm. exponentially better the next time it's put in front of you.
0: I like that, man. Leads me to the last question. What, is, what does it mean for you to be fit for adventure?
1: Well, it just circles back to having that freedom in my physical body to do whatever I want to do when I want to do it. And I don't have to say no because something uh, either hurts. Or I mean, we all have little aches and pains, but, you know, just like an, a, a serious ailment. Mm-hmm. you know. And for me, being fit just means that I have the ability to undertake any adventure that I want to at any time. And I mean, that's really about it. I have the capacity to perform whatever's with whatever's thrown at me.
0: Beautiful. Austin, thank you. Thank you for your time and uh and this awesome conversation. We went we went pretty deep into a lot of different topics I wasn't expecting mm. to think about or talk about today, so that was pretty cool. Ronald, right and uh, how can people um, how can people learn more about you and find you um, if they felt so inclined? If they are RVers or fifth wheelers living on the road and want to get fit, you know where do they go?
1: Uh, you can find me on the gram at fifth, uh, so the number five t h at fifth dot wheel dot fitness
0: nice that's it i love it it's that simple ladies and gentlemen and uh appreciate it thanks for listening thank you so much for listening to today's episode of fit for adventure with austin galloway this conversation was a lot of fun for both of us and austin Ended up saying yes to being Fit for Adventure and joined us um, on Fit for Adventure, the five-day adventure retreat in the mountains of Colorado. Uh, fortunately for him, it was super close. It was He was able to drive there to meet us. And we're going to have him back on the show to talk about that adventure. So look ahead to... Here from Austin again, this time talking about his experiences working with uh, working with us at the Summit Academy and uh, his experience at Fit for Adventure. And for those of you listening today, on the release date, Fit for Adventure is happening this week. It starts on Wednesday, and toward the end of this, I'm going to be announcing a special offer. That is available on my instagram you'll we'll be you'll be able to see it live or hear about it in the next recording um, that special offer is going to be, have something to do with our upcoming uh, or our next event which is going to be uh later this year and more information to come again follow me on instagram at matt g32 and uh, look out for my live instagram lives where I'll talk about a special offer we have through the Summit Academy and for Fit for Adventure 2. Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, which I know you did because these are such awesome conversations and we're talking about awesome, really interesting topics with some of our guests, uh, please rate and review this podcast the goal for Fit for Adventure by the end of this year is to be the number one podcast in outdoor sports, adventure, all of those categories. Well, one of those categories, whichever one comes first. And it's only going to happen with your honest reviews so that we can improve and keep doing what we do well, that you like, um, and by rating it, and of course, by sharing the podcast with a friend. So take out your phone right now. Think of that one person who you know, or who, who, who you thought about uh, during this episode and send the episode to them. I know when I listen to podcasts, I have random thoughts about how this relates to my life and people come into that thought. And what I like to do is hit pause right there and send it to them right away. And say, hey, just thought of you listening to this. And if that happened to you during this episode or any of our episodes, then uh, share it. Because that's the whole point of this. I want people uh, to hear what our guests have to say and what what we have to, to offer. And it can only help us improve. Thank you again. And... I'll see you on the summit